Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Inspiring women, bold vision, and powerful insights to help you use speaking to build a thriving business. This is Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. Now for today's show. Welcome to another episode of Speaker Success Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. According to a study by HBR.org, women influence over 85% of all purchasing decisions. However, according to a survey by the Next Web, 91% of female consumers indicated they felt misunderstood by advertisers. Now, someone who knows how to create marketing messages that entices prospects into paying customers is our guest today, Lisa Mannion. And I can't wait for her to share her insights. Now, Lisa is the business marketing architect architect and president of Write On Creative. She pioneered the simple three-step challenge solution invitation framework to create marketing messages with integrity by focusing on passion points instead of pain points. Lisa's strategies help you reverse engineer your most powerful solutions into profitable revenue streams known to produce million dollar results. Her philosophies are featured in Inc. Magazine, multiple number one best-selling books including Wonder Woman, How Western Women Will Save the World. Lisa received the People's Choice Award at the California Women's Conference and offers free business building resources on her award-winning blog, writeoncreative.com. Now on today's show, Lisa's going to share how to apply the simple challenge solution invitation copywriting framework so that we can create marketing messages with integrity with a focus on passion points. She's also going to share why marketing is all about relationships and it's vital to speak to your prime prospects in language that entices them to become paying clients and customers as well as the importance of energetics and marketing and why copy is queen and you need to think feminine energy and strategy is king. Think masculine energy, just like a relationship. They must work together to get results. Oh, goodness, it's going to be an amazing show today. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. I am delighted to be here. I think copywriting, when, and I'm sure you get this impact all the time, we talk about copywriting, people go, ah. Oh. It's something that a lot of people struggle with. Obviously, you don't because you're an expert in this industry. Why do you think so many people are struggling? Is it because we don't understand the right concepts? What sort of feedback do you have? Well, there are two main reasons that people struggle. One, some people just don't think they can write. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to tell everyone listening that if you can talk, you can write, especially if you're a speaker, right? You have your speech down. You can also turn that into uh, written content that can be really compelling. But the second thing that gets in people's way is really a lot of the antiquated formulas and frameworks that are taught that teach people to poke at pain points and Mm. to kind of manipulate the sale. And when we boil 
down to the root of what marketing is really all about and copywriting is really all about, it's about building relationships. And we just simply cannot build relationships on broken frameworks that don't work and don't feel right. Yes. Have you also seen a shift in, a huge shift? I know that I've seen it when, when and even experienced it, when, when we're reading something and it's pushing our pain points, we want to get away from that as quickly as possible. Yet when we're talking about the passion points, as you referred it to, and about the dreams and the visions and really tapping into the emotion that pulls us forward, it continues to want us to have that relationship and take the next step and the next step. And I guess that's what happens when we start to capture the passion points in our in our copywriting. Is that is that what happens? It's very, yes, you're spot on. And what happens is we paint a picture of possibility mm. with those passion points by clearly illustrating how what we have to offer in the world is going to make the world a better place as opposed to poking at pain points and pointing out what people are missing, we're all very aware of that. And yes. we're actually all very intelligent human beings. Yes. So the best way to connect is to connect from a place of true service based on values and on connection. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's dive in. I think people are waiting with pens poised to hear more about your copywriting framework, challenge, solution, invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's really very simple. And I know some people will say, well, that's easy for you to say, Lisa, you've been doing this for a while, but I'm going to share the framework now because everyone can apply this to not only their marketing and copywriting messages, but to everyday conversations. So the first thing that you must do is to really just acknowledge the challenge of your prime prospects and meet them where they are. So we don't have to poke at those pain points. We simply meet people where they are, acknowledge what's happening, and then we can assess whether we're even the right choice for them, which leads us to the second step, which is the solution piece. That's where we offer our solution. So when we find that someone is challenged with, for instance, writing copy, I might offer the solution of sharing this framework with them and share also within the solution some case studies and value proposition that help illustrate how this will really flip the script and help people write better content. Mm -hmm. So that's the piece that I think many people miss when they're crafting their marketing messages and their copy. It's being able to illustrate the value proposition and how this is changing things, whatever this is, whatever your magic is, is changing things for people and why you're the natural choice to do business with. And once you're able to do that, it naturally leads to the invitation piece, which is the third part of the framework, often referred to as the call to action. Mm -hmm. And it's simply, then you, you've already acknowledged the challenge, you've met people exactly where they are, You've offered your solution, whatever that might be, and you've shared some case studies and information about your value proposition, why you're the natural choice, and then you have equipped people with information to make an educated decision, and then you can extend that invitation. But so many people forget to invite people to take the next step. So... You want to make sure that you're inviting them to call or to visit your website to grab your free copywriting action plan, for mm -hmm. example. That's mm -hmm. something I offer on my site. Or whatever it might be that you're wanting people to do, we cannot assume 
that people are going to just move forward without us asking. Yeah, I love that. So when you're thinking then about the the model that no longer works, where we're really pushing and prodding on their pain points, but rather on passion points, I'd say across all of those three, the challenge, the solution and invitation, we really want to pull, put um, an emphasis on that the passion areas. Tell, tell us, Lisa, for people who might be thinking, okay, absolutely understand that, but they're really now shifting from really focusing on pain through to passion. Where is that fine line between when we're looking at the challenge, that first copywriting framework piece, where is that fine line between the balance of yes, um, talking about where the, the people are at, your ideal client is at in their struggles and in their challenges, that we want to build rapport, that we want to show them, we understand you, we get what you're struggling with. Where is that fine line between doing that and then maybe going to erring on the side of too much pain. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And the missing piece is always empathy, mm. right? So what we need to do is realize that people are people and treat them as such. Yes. In the antiquated formulas, the problem agitate and solve formulas, we're taught to poke at those pain points to push people through to the sale as if they are just numbers because mm -hmm. it's all about the sale. Now, listen, we know sales are important. That's how we all earn a living. And at the same time, it can be done with grace and ease in a way that empowers people instead of disempowers. And one of the things that I always share is that when you're poking at pain points, that approach can work, but it gets people into a heightened emotional frenzy mm. and then they're, in, they're buying to move away from that pain. But what happens is it, it actually perpetuates buyer's remorse and it increases return rates. Right. I can absolutely understand that. And I think it really... Um, that really shows beautiful or steps beautifully into how you were, we were talking or going to talk about the importance of energetics in the marketing copy. Copy think feminine energy. That empathy is is often referred to, isn't it, as that feminine energy? And many of us are women who are listening to you know business, um, yeah, women speakers association. So for many of us, we have that aspect of empathy already. It's just giving ourselves permission to allow that to come through our copywriting. Is that what you're finding too, that women have actually kind of cut that off in their copywriting because that's what they've been taught? Just push the pain points, push the pain points. Now you're saying bring back the empathy, let them let them feel that you understand them. Is that, do I, is, that, is that correct? Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, there is an age-old advertising and copywriting and marketing adage that says that uh, copy is king. And, and I, you know, flip the script on that as well. And I yeah. say that copy is actually queen. And strategy is king, and it is based on the feminine and masculine energies that we mm. all possess as people, right? But especially mm -hmm. as women, and especially knowing that women are influencing over 85% of all purchasing decisions, we want to really strike a great balance between the two. So, for example, you can have the best content in the world, the best messaging in the world, but if you have no strategy to lead to that copy, your copy really isn't going to build those relationships. Mm. And the exact opposite is true. You could have some really weak content that isn't that great, and you can have a really amazing strategy leading people to that content, but it's also not going to really do anything for you. So when I say that it's like a relationship and the masculine and feminine energy need to play together, that's what I'm talking about. The copy is really where you're building those relationships mm -hmm. and the strategy is where you're driving the traffic to 
to that message, whether it's from the stage, whether it's on your website, whether it's to a live event, it you know doesn't really matter. But both of those things have to be in place. Yes, makes so much sense because as you say, you can have one without the other and the other being weak and vice versa and you need both. There needs to be a, a balance. And I can almost imagine if someone's reading that and they have both, you know, you have the masculine and the feminine supporting each other, you feel guided actually. For me, I would feel safe. This person understands me and I know the, I know the pathway that to follow because they've guided me. This is the next step I need to take. And taking someone on that journey guiding them, supporting them, encouraging them, being empathetic. When I do say yes and step into your program, there's not going to be that frenzy because I've done it in a very natural, in a very supportive manner. And, it, and that's what you're saying, isn't it? When we guide them in that process, uh, they know, like, and trust us to, at a far deeper level. That's exactly right. And the other piece that I think is really important for people to understand is that words have energy and power of their own. So we mm. must choose our words wisely when we're building those relationships. And I, I often like to share a quote from Mother Teresa, because she said, invite me to an anti-war rally and I won't come, but invite me to a pro-peace gathering and I'll be yeah. there. And if you just kind of examine that statement from her, you can see that she knew the difference between pushing against something because that doesn't really work so well. And then really flowing into being for something and promoting something in a positive way. Yes. That makes so much sense. It's really reframing it, isn't it? For something that pulls us forward rather than away from where we, you know, we're, we're feeling the pain. We want to get away from it. And there's that frenzy. Let's go back and talk about why marketing is about relationships. It's vital to speak to your prime prospects language that entices them to become paying clients and customers. This is something that many of us struggle with. And we, you know, one of the reasons I hear a lot of feedback from, and you too, Lisa, is how do I know what my, ideal client is saying how can I find out more about the language that's going to entice them absolutely and so you know there are so many different philosophies out there about you know niching down your market and only speaking to one person and knowing exactly who you're talking to and all of these are very important however something that I have learned that really helps people is that sometimes you need to, first of all, you do need to do some research to figure out who your ideal clients are and who you mm -hmm. love to play with, right? Mm -hmm. That's really, really important. But oftentimes it might not be, for instance, just people in a specific industry. So when we're taught to, to niche down just to one industry, sometimes that's a disservice because we have the opportunity to look at specialty niches as well, which are a little bit different. That means that you're bringing a very specific Thing to the world, to the people you're meant to serve, but it isn't really industry specific. So for example, when I talk about my clients, they're mission-driven entrepreneurs and business people who are often authors, speakers, teachers, healers, and even light workers. And that's very, very broad and diverse. So mm. one might ask, well, how do you speak to them? I speak to them because I've done the research to know that they all have a couple of things in common. Even if you did even though if you threw them in a room together, it might not look that way at first, right? Mm -hmm. And those things are they have a very big mission in the world to make a big difference. And the other thing is they struggle with the antiquated marketing models that are teaching them to poke at pain points because it simply doesn't feel right and it doesn't align with their values. So when I share an example like that, I invite everyone listening to 
Think about who you've served in the past. Think about who you want to serve and look at where they're showing up, how they're playing in the world, and maybe your message could be a little bit broader than you've actually thought it needed to be because you've been taught to niche down so finitely. Yes, makes so much sense because you've captured the essence of what your ideal client is is driven, what drives her, what she really wants to, to do in the world, which is mission driven to make a real difference. And so this the, and that's the vision and, and we can all relate to that or, or your ideal client. And then the struggles would be, you know, are you, you know, putting information out there and it's just not connecting with your ideal client. So in other words, your message as you're writing it, your copy is speaking directly to the heart of who they are, where they're at, and what they're struggling with, rather than having to worry about, well, there's, they're not that niched. Um, so it makes so much difference, doesn't it? It does. And I think so many people are relieved when they hear that because there, again, there are so many different teachers out there teaching different things. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of take what works for you and leave the rest behind. And once I shared people with people that you don't actually have to be um, that limited, you can mm -hmm. broaden your message as long as you're speaking to the exact challenge that people are having and you're able to offer that solution and i think when we're speaking to speakers especially mm -hmm. we all have that big mission we all want to get our message out in a big way and sometimes we have to course correct those messages yes. and that's the other thing that i like to share is that your copy and your message is never really done we can get extremely clear but we're always we're always creating more revising fine-tuning because mm. as we evolve our message will evolve our clients will evolve and so we we have to make changes. Yes. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up, particularly for, for many of us who copywriting is not our innate, you know, innate gifts and, and strengths. So we're developing that. You know, often we'll read, and again, this is probably based on the antiquated models where they say, write this copy, send it out, and you'll make $100,000. So when we do something like that and there's crickets or not very many, it's kind of, wow. And we, we tend to then eliminate everything. But what you you're saying is it's a process it's an evolution put content out there how did that um, what response did people give you and if there's comments and and oh you just spoke right into me oh, that was wonderful then you know okay this is the kind of language that really speaks to the heart of my ideal client it is true and we do want to test and track things especially if we're sending messages out online via mm. email marketing which mm -hmm. is very very effective but you want to test and refine and see you know are people opening this and i can share a personal example that you know i offer my copywriting action plan on my site when people sign up they receive a series of email messages for me and when i revamped those uh, in february of last year I actually hadn't dusted them off for quite a while. And that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we really need to go back in and revisit. And so things were feeling a little stagnant. 
I dusted those off, I revamped them, rewrote them, and I'm now getting an 85% open rate, which is unheard of Mm. in the email marketing realm. So I share that just to say that some small shifts can make a big impact. And you do need to to, um, make sure you're revisiting things because in the online world, they do often share that you're going to make a million overnight. That doesn't actually happen. Mm. And there's also kind of a set it and forget it mentality. And that doesn't work either. So I often dispel many of those myths when I'm working with clients and helping them get their message out in a big way to say, look, sometimes it's going to work. And sometimes it's not, that's okay. We just course correct. And then we move forward and yeah. we keep testing and tracking until we get the results we're looking for. And it's very much momentum building, isn't it? I mean, you know, and I mentioned earlier about, you know, someone may send out some email marketing campaigns and then they only get a, a couple of, you know, conversions. So a couple of clients celebrate that celebrate that because if you deliver your program and you know that it's ticking all of the boxes you know helping your clients get the right results then you can just continue to to roll that out and so you know what I have a saying um Lisa and I'll share this I said what's what's worse than getting no sign-ups to a, a group coaching program and that's getting one because you still got to one, one sign up because you still got to run that and I have done that I'm just fully disclosing I have run group coaching programs with one person but you know what it was recorded obviously no video I just gave it my heart and soul and then just continued to roll that out tweak the copy all of that kind of thing so if anyone's listening today um, you know what build momentum because that's what it's all about is it the relationships Yes, and I love that you shared that story because so many people are afraid of that. And that's one of the reasons that many don't create or don't send out their copy once they've created it because they think, well, what if no one responds? Well, sometimes they don't. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it just means that we maybe need to look at the strategy and where Mm -hmm. we're sending that message and then course correct in that way. So it might not even always be your content. Yes. And that brings us beautifully into the last pitch, which we already tapped on. So we get a double bonus of being able to dive into this, the importance of energetics, marketing or in marketing with the copy being queen. And we we think feminine energy, so it's about empathy, but strategy is king. Both of those need to work together to get results. Absolutely. And I think it's a good, good thing that we're circling back around to this because there are two things that will never, ever go out of style in your marketing and advertising, no matter how technology changes or the marketplace changes, that is your message, Mm -hmm. your copy, and your strategy. Once you're really clear about both of those pieces, then it's much easier to connect with exactly who you're meant to serve. But again, it is, there's a fine balance. You have to give them both equal footing, meaning It's going to take a lot of time to dig in and write your content. That's a given. But then you also are going to need to spend equal amounts of time working on a strategy to get that content out into the world. Mm -hmm. And this is true uh, regardless of industry. And and all of the speakers listening know this to be true as well. Once you have uh, really um, polished your professional signature talk, There are so many places that you can put that. There's so many stages you can be on and you have to create a strategy to get there. Yes. And I think one of the things that that we'll often do, and and I'd love you to speak a bit more about this, is that we don't realize how much 
in the, this is in the aspect of strategy, that money that we're leaving on the table because we're not repurposing, we're not extending the invitation because many of us feel, sadly, that to invite is to be pushy, you know, and, and I don't really want to do that. But what you're saying is strategy is so important. If we don't invite people to take the next step, they're going to remain stuck. Speak a little bit about this because I know so many women tend to struggle with this as well. Well, and you know, it's it's one of the most common things that I see, and I'll use websites as, as an example, and especially the about page on websites. What I see so often is people showcasing how wonderful their skill set is and all of these great accolades, everything that they have achieved. And then I get to the end of the page and it just stops. And mm. there's nothing to say, book me for a speaking engagement or call me for a strategy session or whatever that might be. Yeah. And what happens then is you lose people. And this is true online and offline. So if you're afraid to ask people to take that next step, and you're afraid to extend that invitation, I invite you to realize that it's a great disservice to the world if you're not requesting that people connect with you at every opportunity you can because that's the way we build those relationships and we get business mm -hmm. and so you mentioned um Emory, and this was brilliant people are leaving so much money on the table by not asking people to take that next step yes. and it's so true and as women often we, we sometimes just forget to do that. And also just in general, once we're done writing content for anything, it's such a big job. We, we have to remember to go back and look, okay, did I really acknowledge that challenge? Do I have a solid solution that's going to work? And also, am I inviting them to take the next step so we can move this forward and move our prime prospects into paying customers. Yes. Speak a little bit about this too. This is in the strategy because there's so many elements to this as well. So obviously we have to have a great invitation, which is a free giveaway or some form of content that they can sign up for and then they become part of our list and then we nurture that as part of the relationship. So what we might be doing is spending a lot of time on our articles, on our content, on our signature talk, but we also similarly have to spend the same amount of time on developing those emails that we are sending and I think that that can sometimes let us down too because we've spent so much time and energy creating the external factors those emails that we send them and the process or the strategy that we follow up with them is so important too isn't it it's really important and you mentioned before repurposing and I think I want to touch on that in the piece mm. about strategy because so many people become overwhelmed thinking about all these pieces that we need to create when it comes to writing content and yes. getting our marketing messages out there and we can repurpose. So once you, for instance, have outlined your program, it's very easy to then break that down, chunk it down into topics you want to follow up with on your email nurturing sequences. And so I always say to people, don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. Mm. You can create a beautiful content strategy plan that repurposes information. So oftentimes people will say to me, oh gosh, I can't create a blog post and send out a newsletter and then create the email follow-up sequences. And I say, yes, you can. Mm. And in fact, you can set up a strategy where maybe you're sending that blog post out in your newsletter first, then posting it to your blog because what people often forget when it comes to strategy is that the people who read our newsletters are not the same people all of the time 
that are reading our blog posts. So mm -hmm. we're talking to different audiences as well. And not only that, it takes multiple touches for people to actually absorb your information. So you want to repurpose and you want to have the same message and a similar message out there on a regular basis. So people will see it and hear it and say, Oh my gosh, that's right. Mm. And I've done that very well with the challenge solution and invitation framework and talking about passion points. Now people are getting excited about it. Of course, I've been talking about it for about a decade, so I would hope so. But, <laughs> but I think what you've just said is absolute gold because we don't give ourselves permission to do this. But here's what happened to me. And it's such a great reminder that that is a such an important strategy because, and I'll, I'll share an example. I, I, I read a, an article that led, led me to a video, and this was someone a while ago, but someone who's information I was interested in. I thought, oh, that's interesting. This is all free out there on the internet. Then I clicked next uh, the next step, which was to sign up for a checklist or something like that. Once I was in there, all of a sudden, once I got to the landing page, the follow-up emails was completely different, talking about a very different angle. And for me, it was an instant disconnect. It was like, oh, I signed up for this. I wanted more information on this. So they didn't pre-frame it. They, they, they just launched into this other topic. And for me, I felt, oh, this is really bizarre. So I actually unsubscribed. But what you're saying, re repurposing it, it actually strengthens the, the topic and the information and the expertise that you're wanting to share and and that's building that relationship so we need to be really mindful that the content we share in the subsequent email sequence is relevant to what people signed up for otherwise there will be that disconnect yes oh absolutely and what you bring up happens quite often and sometimes it's simply a team error so yeah. when we have multiple products and services that we have created we have to have a strategy for each of those. And this is a piece that so many people miss. Yeah. And sometimes what happens, and I've seen this because I've done work with clients where I go in and work with them on their content strategy plan or even a marketing audit where we're just looking at their individual revenue streams to make sure they're leading their prime prospects to where they need to go. And we've actually discovered and uncovered that the backend tech team have loaded the wrong emails and sequences. Oh, so dear. it's possible that your experience was simply an error. But mm. as business owners, we trust our teams sometimes a little too much. And we actually need to go in and we need to perform quality control of our own and sign up to see what people are actually getting to revisit that. Because again, it's not a set it and forget it. And we cannot overlook the fact that people do make errors. Yes. Yeah. You know what I love about um, what you've just said is sometimes we need to get a fresh set of eyes on our copy and on our strategy because what we may be looking at and goes completely over our head. It's like when you, you know, you go through an article and you read it umpteen times and think no typos, you publish it and then someone says, do you know you got a typo in there? We just don't see it because we're so close to it. So, so as you said, sometimes getting a fresh pair of eyes on your strategy and, and you know, investing in someone like yourself uh, can really just pinpoint some of those gaps that, oh, that we're just letting slip through. So, um, so, so fa fabulous. So you've talked about your challenge, solution, invitation, copywriting framework, and you've also mentioned that you've got a free giveaway. What's the best way for us to get access to that? Oh, absolutely. Just visit my website, which is writeoncreative.com, and it's W-R-I-T-E, as if you're writing. So writeoncreative.com. 
and I'll provide tips to help you improve your content as well as embrace the notion of flipping the script and <laughs> focusing on those passion points instead of pain points. Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Elisa. Uh, I just love hosting this show. I learned so much and I know that everyone who listens today is certainly going to walk away with golden nuggets and absolutely sign up because we, we will be able to see what Lisa does behind the scenes as we're getting her email. So we'll be able to see the expert in, in action while benefit from all of the content that you're sharing with us. So thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you. It was my absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Speaker Success Podcast, brought to you by Women Speakers Association. If you're ready to share your message in a bigger way so you can build a thriving business, get your free speaker success plan at speakersuccessgift.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.